Before we dive in, I want to take a second to say that I appreciate you if you've made it to another episode of Angel Moments with me. Your support simply means so much to me, and I could probably say thank you about a million times, and it just wouldn't be enough. Please click follow on whatever platform you're listening from, leave a review, and follow our Instagram page, which is angelmoments underscore 333. But now, let's get started. I hope this episode serves you well. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Angel Moments. I am your host, Daniela Castillo-Vazquez. And today, I cannot wait for you to hear the story of my friend. I think this story will resonate with a lot of people and can be incredibly useful for listeners to hear. So without further ado, would you like to tell us about yourself? Thank you so much for having me, Daniela. My name is Jacqueline Valdez Ortiz, pronounced she, her. I am an undergraduate student of social work. I am the lead student assistant at the Student Union. I am the president of the Child Abuse Prevention Society. I'm the vice president for the Student Association for Social Work. I hold two executive positions in my sorority, Sigma Lambda Gamma National Sorority Incorporated. I am part of the Mu Pi chapter of Order of Omega, which is the Greek Honor Society, and I am their secretary. And I am also the secretary and facilitator for Team One Love at TWU. See, I don't know what to say because you're just so involved. Like, where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) We can start wherever you want to start from. That's so funny, but that's awesome. You really do do a lot like at GWU, and I really admire your work ethic and leadership. It's certainly very like impressive. Thank you so much. mm -hmm, No problem. But I did want to ask, why did you choose social work as your major? This is an interesting question. I chose social work as a major because there's so many things in this world that A, I want to change and B, like do. And um, social work is that outlet that allows me to do anything of of that sort. It's an umbrella kind of degree. So anything that you want to do, which is like with therapy, one-on-one, if you want to advocate for like policy, social change, or if you want to do kind of like a group setting, work in schools, it it opens up a lot of doors just with that simple degree. So that's why I picked social work. I want to make the world a better place. Exactly. That is 100% true. I feel like people um, oversee social work a lot because they don't realize that it's a lot that you could do with it. Because, okay, so kind of to explain to our listeners, um, Jackie and I met through the social work program. So I met her about like a good year ago. And we're actually like, we take pretty much all of our classes together. But um, I was going to ask you, Jackie, I'm not sure if you get this, but Whenever you tell people that you're a social work major, do people commonly tell you like, oh, so you want to work for CPS? Yes. (laughs) Right? I know that was going to be the one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody equates it to that. Like, oh, you want to take away people's kids? I'm like, no. (laughs) Yes. I think it has to do a lot with the fact that a lot of the times people don't get social services. And Mm -hmm. the most common thing that you hear is CPS. So for a lot of people, it's like, it's triggering like, oh, you want to take people's kids away. But really, we don't take kids away. Um, Yeah, I get that question a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And I don't even know what to say. I'm like, no, that's not it. Like, I I think it's um, a lot of like, reputation, like cleaning that we have to do with a social work crew, because like, a lot of people do equate CPS with like taking people's kids. But there's a lot more to it, but that's for a whole other episode. I'm sorry. I'm just 
I could talk about social work for ages. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're okay. And another thing I wanted to add is that a lot of the times people don't really know the concept of social work. I would get a lot of people mm-hmm. that ask me like, oh, that's so cool. But what is what it? Do you do? Yeah, like what do you mm-hmm. do? So yeah, it's, it's, it has a lot to do with reputation. I agree. Uh, yeah, exactly. So now my next question for you is, what does an angel moment mean to you? An angel moment to me, it means it's kind of something that turns kind of like a 360 in your life or something that, um, or someone even that just completely kind of, it helps you grow in a way like this mm-hmm. angel thing, like this moment happened that I was able to grow from it. And now I'm like a completely different person. So that's, that's kind yes. of, that's what it means to me. Yes, absolutely. I think that could definitely be what an angel moment means. It's interesting because everyone does have different like meanings for it or terms. So I really love that because it is true. Somebody or someone can come into your life and just change it for the better. So my next question now is what was your angel moment? (laughs) Uh, My angel moment, it definitely has to be when I came out to my parents, um, mm-hmm. but most importantly, when I decided to come out to myself, um, it all started when I was in high school. I was 16 years old as a sophomore, and there were specific people, like girls that I could like point to that I was super, super attracted to. And I always just kind of mm-hmm. put the feeling away because, you know, my parents are super religious. I am Mexican. My mom always had that mindset of as long as like my kids aren't gay you know what I mean like oh I don't have a problem with it but as long as not my kids um Mm -hmm. and then with being that I am the only girl it kind of made it harder because you know my mom had all these expectations of me that I was gonna get married in white and I was gonna marry a man um Mm -hmm. which I guess you do those things I just the man part is just not gonna happen (laughs) um so yeah I was I was in so much denial and there was a rumor going around me at some point that I was gay and it wasn't just with people that I didn't know. It was like close friends were asking me, like, come on, Jackie, like, like you can tell me, you know, like, do you like girls? And I always denied and I feel like always denying it. I kind of denied like a part of me with it. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm getting so emotional. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's just I I did a lot of things because I, I didn't want to let myself grow. I didn't want to admit it, like, not to just anyone, like, say it out loud, but I didn't even want to say it to myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, was it kind of, like, self-denial? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really, like, I mean, let's be honest, it was, like, internalized homophobia. Um, mm. Yeah, and I think the hardest part, I guess, looking back now, was that I, I did a lot of things to make myself stand out as straight. Mm-hmm. so you tried so hard to convince yourself and others yes. that you know you weren't gay okay i see yes definitely i i got myself a boyfriend mm. i got myself um another boyfriend that um people also people thought they were he was gay so it was mm-hmm. kind of like oh i thought she was gay but now they're dating or oh i thought he was gay but now they're dating oh i see okay and i remember like when it came to like intimacy, like I, I didn't like to be touched. I just, I didn't want any them to do anything to me. I didn't want to do anything to them. But I, I always just mm-hmm. kind of forced myself of like, I, I had to get it over with and I had to do it. And it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I put my body through a lot of stress. And I put my body through things that I didn't need to be putting it through. And I 
would go to school and I would tell everyone about my intimacy. I would convince everyone and their mama that I was having sex with men, that I that I was straight. You just wanted it to be broadcasted and everyone to know, like, just so you know, like, I'm having sex with guys, so don't question me if I'm gay. I'm already proving it that I'm not. Yeah, I, I got caught up in, like, this, like, nonstop, just trying to, like, prove myself into others that I, I was straight. And then I started cheating on them with, like, other guys, like, telling everyone in school because I would rather 10 times be called a H-O-E okay. than, um, <laughs> than be called gay. Like, 10 times, mm -hmm. I would have rather people be like, well, she sleeps around, or like, well, she does too many things, than for someone to question me if I was gay. Mm -hmm. so, so, where do you think that internalized, as you say, homophobia came from? Like, you mentioned that it was, like, your family pressure, but for you, where do you think it came from? I guess, for me, my internalized homophobia just came from, really, I didn't know many people. Like, there really wasn't, like, representation, like, you know, coming out at the time. I I don't know. I guess I would just, I see the way that the gay girls at my school were being treated. Like, I don't know if that makes mm -hmm. sense. They, they were very used as like sex objects for other girls that wanted to experiment. And um, okay. mm -hmm. they both had very, well, there was only two at my school. And they both um, had very, you know, like backlash from coming out. And mm. and they were also the the type that like you you know they're gay yeah like, you don't really question them because they look very gay whether with me it was like I didn't really have anyone that I I look pretty straight so I was like no because I don't look gay so I might not be gay what do you mean by that so look gay can you like expand on that a little yeah bit? so there's this like common like stereotype it's definitely stereotype um that like gay girls have like backpacks all the time like it's like a vibe like they have short hair like they don't wear any makeup and they're very like masculine looking like they do very they mm. like softball as a sport or like basketball as a sport and i was a cheerleader with long blonde hair skinny like 4'11 like i weighed like i did not even lift weights i i was like 93 pounds like i did not like cuff my pants like I didn't have I had a purse that didn't have a backpack you know what I mean like little things like that um I just didn't fit the look so I think it came from there it just came from like really not knowing and then I think it came through um I'm trying to think I, I think it would have to be my family as well my mom would always tell me like um you know like one day you're gonna marry a guy and like you're going to cook for him. You're going to wash the dishes for him. You're going to, you know, mm -hmm. prepare the, everything for him. And I, I vividly remember convincing myself that I was straight. I vividly remember, like, I wrote down a list of things that I wanted, like, for a man, a man to have. And, like, I convinced myself, like, I wasn't liking these men that was coming up to me that, like, wanted to talk to me because they don't have A, B, C, D. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But... Really, it was just an excuse. Like, you know, I, I played myself as, like, so picky with men that I... Yeah. In reality, you were just, like, trying to, like, stop men from, like, kind of entering your life, I guess, or giving a reason as to why you didn't want to date them by saying, like, well, I have these really high standards that they just don't... Yeah, have. definitely. Definitely. That's what mm -hmm. it was. I was like, well, I just have, like, standards and, you know, if you don't meet them, like, I'm sorry. Um, But, yeah, I, I remember really just trying to convince myself well, like well it's not that I'm gay it's just you know yeah not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I guess I also want to touch a little bit on what you mentioned um because you do mention like the whole stereotype so I feel would it be 
safe to say that it was a bit of a lack of education for yourself that like you kind of equated like gay towards you know the stereotypes that for you were you used to like being accepting of gay people and I guess also like the Hispanic culture um there is a lot of homophobia internalized in it for instance like what you mentioned earlier like your parents or your mom saying that you're going to marry a man someday even machismo for instance like we're expected as women to please the man so from all of that what would you say to someone that might be struggling the way that you were at the time so, for instance, what would you say to younger Jackie then, like now? Oh my god, that's a very good question. What would I say to my younger self? Um, I would just say don't do it. Like, everything mm-hmm. comes back to you. And now, like, I am so ashamed, Daniela, like, that I even, like, like, with my own consent, like, put myself through, like, doing that emotionally physically like sexually like I I did a lot and I shouldn't have and I would tell myself mm-hmm. like just just own it you know because now that I'm older and like you know I'm out and everything um I get a lot of people saying like well you dated men well you had sex with men like that's not a real lesbian you know what I mean like okay. things like that that mm-hmm. just come back to you and like you really have no way of expressing like like that wasn't me um mm-hmm. People try to invalidate your experience. Yeah, definitely. And and for not just me, like, I, I hear that a lot with people. Like, it's just like, you know, your experience just isn't, it's just isn't validated. Like, if you're gay, you must have been, like, you've never been with a man, you've never done anything with a man. Like, you know you only want girls. And to answer your question, um, for, like, whether or not I was accepting of gay people when I was growing up, I, I was, but it was very much towards like man on man it was nothing compared to, like, mm. lesbian or like le- it's not even lesbian sex because you know like the girl can be bi um but it's like that like same sex sex same sex sex mm-hmm. yeah um and also i think it had a lot to do with like for example like sexual education like you don't know how to do anything and like they teach you straight sex like can i get the correct sex talk yeah and then in texas mm-hmm. there's a big issue when it comes to sex ed because we're taught like abstinence and that just isn't real, like a reality because a lot of teenagers, whether we like it or not, are going to want to explore their sexual identity. And there isn't any information for LGBTQ youth. So I'm glad that you bring that up because I guess it made it harder. Like, who knows? Maybe it would have helped you to have heard information about the LGBTQ plus community in a positive mm-hmm. form instead of the conversation being completely ignored. Because that definitely must make it difficult for people to express or accept that they might be gay yeah definitely you hit all the right points i don't even know what i was like to that uh, but earlier i did want to mention as well um what it sounds to me is that you were putting yourself through a lot of self-harm because you were just like you said ashamed and now i'm wondering like what made you come out like how did that go and how did it feel? Uh, what made me come out to myself was getting that positive experience of the LGBTQ. Like you said, like if only I would have had that before. Um, so obviously it was after high school. Everyone flourishes after high school. school um, I was in college. I was definitely like a party girl. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I got involved. Um with girls and 
you finally were able to express and do whatever you wanted to do without any repercussions, yes. I guess, or feelings. I, just, I feel like I just mm-hmm. have to explain myself. Like nobody was questioning it, you know. And I feel like it was a definitely like mm. it was a, it was different. It was also the people that I was hanging around myself with because my roommates. Like I remember, like like just talking to them about like girls or whatever. And you know, obviously they couldn't relate because they were straight, but they're always very supportive. Like yeah, you go for it, or like yeah, like you know, like yeah, you, um, and also like everybody around me too. Um, so it was definitely something that like okay, like. It is normal. Like, it is okay. So, I feel like it it just hit me like a truck, I guess. Like, from one day to another, I just woke up and I was like, I'm gay. Like, it's like when everything just falls Mm -hmm. into peace, in a way. And it makes you, like, realize, like, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of a movie, like, you wake up and it's, like, the light. (laughs) Aw, yeah. I'm so glad that you had that freedom to be who you wanted to be at like TWU. And that's so good. I guess it was just having a new environment that made the biggest difference for you. Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. So once you were able to come out to yourself and just accept who you were without fear or shame that you were carrying, what was the steps that you took to come out to everyone else? Like, for instance, your family. So for my family, um, so for a couple aunts, cousins, and to, like, my sister-in-law even, um, I would just talk about girls around them. And nobody ever questioned it. Nobody questioned me, so I just always assumed that they knew. So I didn't have to, like, come out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom, I had gotten a piercing at the time. So when I went home, we were coming back from a concert, CNCO. Shout out to NCO if you watch me. <laughs> um, so we were coming back from the concert and, you know, it was like, we got back and she was like, hey, like, don't go to your room. Like, you know, stay here and like talk to us. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Nothing, you know, nothing drastic. I was like, all right. So I was getting lectured about how I went against their values by getting a piercing when my mom looks at me and she's like, do you like girls this or no? Mm. And prior to that, I was throwing my mom hints. Because I, the least thing that I wanted to do was come out and then have it be like such a shocker. So I kind of wanted something that was okay, well, we yeah, like that. Like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like throwing her hands, like I would talk to her about like girls, and I'd be like, yeah, but she's not gay. And then my mom would be like, yeah, but you're not either. So why do you care? Mm-hmm. Like little things like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess so mom, she just like threw that at you. That yes, night. she was like, are you gay? Or Pretty not? much. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I told them like, Hey, like, I don't really want to talk about that. I don't feel comfortable talking about it. And my dad was like, talk about what? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, you know, like the girl situation. My dad was like, is there a girl situation which you were talking about? So I was like, no, <laughs> I was trying to deny everything. I was like, no, mm-hmm. but at the time I wasn't close to my parents. So my parents really didn't, didn't know that much about me. So they kind of brought that up. And so they were like, you never tell us anything. Like, we want to know, we want to know about you, et cetera, et cetera. So I gulped my water like it was a shot. And I was like, fine. Yeah, I want to know. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And it came out and my mom was like about to faint. My dad was like crying. Um, my parents are very religious. So they definitely threw religion at me. My mom had a lot of comments to say about me. My mom was those people that was like, but you're too pretty to be gay. Um, mm-hmm. and then I remember they were like, well, I'm going to pray for you, but you pay for yourself. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom vividly told me, she was like, you don't know how good it feels to sleep with the man. 
Mm. And I was like, well, clearly you've never been with a girl. I was like trying to like reverse it back to her. Oh, um, <laughs> I was trying to reverse it back to her. So she can really understand mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't say those things to me because that's just not what yeah. my body, like my emotions, like me within myself, like, it's not what I want. And um, I remember one time my mom, my mom, she has similar views as my sister. Um, which is my cousin, but I call her my sister. And it was three of us in the car. And my mom told my cousin, she was like, you think like me, right? It's just a face. And mm. I was like, mom, like, why would you like tell her that? You know, like, why would you, you know, bring that up? And my cousin, luckily my cousin was like, nah, I don't think it is. Like, she's pretty wow. sad. Um, mm-hmm. And then my older brother, he acted like I told him the sky was blue. So he didn't care. He always said, like, whoever treats you right. Oh, okay. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. And then I know that must have been very hard because I can't imagine, like, um, how did that impact you? Like, your parents' like reaction? My parents, um, they got... They started communicating more, like, within each other. And my mom, she always said, like, she needed to go to therapy because it was too hard on her. And my parents stopped doing, like, certain activities that they would blame me for. Um, and they'd be mm-hmm. like, well, I can't do this because all I'm thinking about is you sleeping with the girl. And, like, I, that can't be it. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was also the type of person, like, even if it hurt her, like, she wanted to know. Like, she wanted to know when it was my first everything. Like, she wanted to know. Like, she wanted to see pictures. Like, she wanted to know. Um, and my dad was the opposite. My dad didn't want to talk about that. I remember my mom would ask me and my dad would like, can we talk about something else? Like he did not even want to touch the subject. I feel like my mom needed a lot of help with the news. Mm-hmm. I guess she was just trying to seek closure in her own way mm-hmm. or understand it. And your dad was just like, I don't even want to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely like that. And also my dad was like on my mom's side. So my dad was very like, literally at some point, my parents thought I was coming out just to like get back at them or just to like hurt them or like do something to them. And I, I sat my mom down and I was like, I didn't do this for you. Like, you know, I'm not. And my dad would always be like, I, you have to prove yourself that it's genuine. And mm-hmm. so yeah my dad was always more worried about my mom and like he actually called me selfish once and he was like you know you're very selfish for like doing this to your mom you know like you hurt her and I was like whoa like she asked me don't ask me questions that you don't want to know the answer to that's a good point that you don't ask questions that you don't want answers Mm -hmm. to but I feel that um I feel like this is very important everything that you're saying is so important because I know for a fact that a listener out there will be able to understand what you're saying in a very deep form. Um, so I'm very appreciative of your vulnerability in this subject, despite how difficult it might be. So now I want to ask you, like, how has all of that impacted your life? What did you learn from it? And tell us about that, please. A way that it has impacted my life is that other stress is gone. I'm not putting my body mm-hmm. through any self-harm. I'm not putting my body through anything. Um, and honestly, I have a girlfriend now. She's amazing. You know, we've been together for like mm-hmm. a year and like three months. So I love her so much. Baby, you're watching. I love you. Uh, if you're listening. <laughs> but, That's amazing. <laughs> but definitely, it's just been a relief, you know. Like, I, I can finally do things for myself and 
you know, be with people that I actually want to be. And now if I'm picky, it's because I'm really picky with girls, not because, you know, I was trying to be. Um, and I feel like it's just the impact of my life for the better, honestly. I, I'm so much happier now. And, you know, you get to you get to explore and you get to, you know, pick your own, I guess, in a way, if that makes sense. The biggest thing that I've learned is, like, if you're not willing to defend something yourself, you're not going to be able to defend it in front of anyone else. Because if I wasn't mm. defending myself, like, if I was saying, like, I'm gay, but then I'm, like, well, in my heart, like, you know, I'm, like, well, no, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that way, you know? And then other people are, like, asking me, like, well, why are you gay? And like, if I can't defend that, like, for myself, like, if I can't be strong and be, like, yes, this is how I am. If I'm still, like, questioning it, you know what I mean? Like, I can't mm-hmm. expect other people to accept me. I can't expect other people to, I can't defend myself if I'm not defending myself to me like that Mm -hmm. wow that is beautiful so i guess now my last question is what message do you have for listeners that may relate to like your past struggles just relax and breathe i guess that's like one of the basics just just breathe um it seems like everything is going on right now and it seems that you have to prove yourself to a lot of people but you really don't and really, another thing that I wanted to say is really, like, you don't even have to label yourself. Like, there's no need for labels. You know, just just be you. And honestly, my brother was right. Like, whoever treats you right. Um, and then, speaking of, like, coming out to the people, the biggest thing that I've learned is that you just have to rip off the Band-Aid. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I hear a lot of people, I, a lot of people ask me, like, well, how did you do it? Like, you know, how were you ready? Or people that are like, well, I want to wait till I'm ready. Truth is, you're never ready. Like you just you're never ready like if you're waiting for that moment of like i'm gonna come out today like it's just never gonna happen like you're never gonna be ready you just have to pull out the band-aid and then just let the weight feel the weight fall off your shoulders because if you're just waiting it's Mm -hmm. it's it's never gonna happen it's always gonna be an excuse after an excuse and then there's There's no no perfect perfect yeah there's no perfect timing and and when you do rip up the band-aid and when you when you do feel the relief and like you know stress-free it would all be worth it and then you're just gonna sit and wonder like me like why did I, why did I wait so long I was 19 when I came out and I knew I was gay when I was 16 you know and it's like why mm-hmm. why did I wait so long so yeah I love that I really love that like there's no better advocate mm-hmm. than yourself and I think it's beautiful and amazing everything that you said today I applaud you for it like you have no idea how much I admire you for it despite going through all of that, that you're still so kind and you're so resilient and intelligent. Man, if y'all got to see her in class, <laughs> <laughs> she's always like, and always active. Like, I feel like I'm not doing enough because I'm like, what are we talking about in class right now? <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's so awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Jackie. Is there anything else you want to uh, say? No, not really. Just thank you so much, Daniela, for having me here and for all the kind words you had to say about me. Um, and of classwork, you are doing great. What are you talking about? Everyone's doing the best <laughs> that they can. So, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, have a good you night, too. okay, girl. All right. So after recording with Jackie. I asked her what she's done to heal and how her relationship with her parents is now. She told me that she has used social media to heal, as she's open and true to who she is on there. 
As for her parents, Jackie explained that after some time, they've gotten educated and now educate other people on LGBTQ plus issues at church. I'm really grateful that Jackie was able to persevere from her journey and from the negative reactions after she came out. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Like Jackie emphasized, coming out doesn't always go accordingly. If a listener is out there who may relate to Jackie's story, just know that if people don't react the way you wished and hoped for, it's not your fault. You deserve to be loved and accepted with open arms. There's literally nothing wrong about you because of who you are attracted to, what you identify with, or who you feel you are from deep inside. If coming out seems like it would be unsafe, please make a safety plan by thinking of backup options for living, transportation, and food stability. If you face rejections, know that you're never alone, and so many people love you, just for who you are. A good place to look at if you need help is a Trevor Project organization. They have so many resources available at your fingertips. They even have a handbook on coming out in case you need any help. Now, to listeners who don't relate to Jackie's story, it's still important to be educated about the LGBTQ plus community and to serve as an ally. For some lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer young people, family and friends aren't a part of their support system at all because of things like rejection, discrimination, or a lack of understanding. But failing to affirm and accept LGBTQ plus youth can result in harming the well-being of that individual, as negative effects can unleash, as young people with high levels of rejection were eight times more likely to report attempted suicide, nearly six times more likely to report high levels of depression, and more than three times more likely to use drugs or have unprotected sex. By being supportive and respectful of people who are LGBTQ+, we can help decrease negative outcomes, attitudes, and behaviors. Beyond all, we can help that person feel accepted, acknowledged, and cared for. So now, the last thing I want to say is thank you. Thank you, Jackie, for sharing your angel moment with us. I want to mention that when I reached out to Jackie for an interview, she said something that really stuck with me. She said, I don't know, I guess I'm my own angel moment. And I absolutely love that because it's true. She was her own warrior and healer. Just like her, you and I can also be our own angel moments. To me, it's crazy that I see Jackie almost every day for class, but I would have never known that she conquered those battles. I have no doubt that a bright, bright, bright future is waiting for her, as she is going to help so many people and make an amazing difference to those in need like she wishes. I know all of her dreams will come true. I just know it. For me, the biggest takeaway from Jackie's story is that it's crucial to live your true self and be your own advocate. Overall, just be the reason someone feels seen, heard, 
valued, loved, and supported. Once again, thank you for listening today. I appreciate you. Stay safe and may serenity be with you. Until next time, goodbye.